Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K. You know, 72 was uh, an icebreaker, and it was an icebreaker politically, because that's why I've called the film an icebreaker. It, it broke the ice between the East and West, between communists and capitalists, between, you know, the Soviets in Canada. Coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the iconic hockey games between Canada and the Soviet Union, a new documentary film, Icebreaker, will be at the screening room this Friday. My conversation with the director and co-producer of the film, Robbie Hart, coming up on Citizen K. But first, well, school is back in, and for many students, they may have left home and moved to Kingston for their studies. Some have come all the way across the world to study here at Queen's. Joshua Awulsi is the front office administrator with the Queen's University International Centre, and he joined me to talk about how the centre supports newcomer students, and in turn, how the centre helped him. And where did you originally um, come from before you were in Canada? I came from Nigeria, uh, that was like six years ago. It's been a nice experience, I would say. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, working here at the international office, I'd like to know a, a bit about, well, we're just coming off of Welcome Week, heading into the official first week of school. Tell me uh, more about what Welcome Week did for, uh, for the students. Uh, thanks for that question. Uh, I remember, to answer that question correctly, I remember when I came to Canada, or let me say when I started my grad study at Queen's University. So it was actually like an experience, uh, throwing back all those things and looking back and see that. I wish I had this kind of experience whereby I have a work-on-work opportunity uh, for me to be able to know what's going to be expected of me in Queens. Uh, mm. So to bring it closer, the work-on-work is actually to make it easier for international students to transit properly into Queens University, beyond Queens University into Kingston environment, beyond that into Canada as well. So when we look at the Queens University, there's a number of factors we have to consider. We are looking at the fact that how do you even transit into classroom settings? Because it's quite different from where you're coming from. So we are looking at how do you work in the group? We are looking at how do you interact with your professors? What are the expectations in Queen's University? Beyond that, we're also looking at security issues. We are looking at related housing issues. And for all international students, we also have issues when it comes to career. So we're also using our opportunity to also let you know we have when you have issues with your career issues, or let me say like that, you can always come around. We can talk about your career and how to go about it, the prospect you have. How do you package your CV properly? How do you put that, your cover letter in a way to bring out the best of your skills and your experience? Because I remember when I was in Nigeria, there's a different way I write things. There's a different way I've been writing things since I've been in Canada. So these are the kind of skills that's needed for all international students to have in order for them to adapt easily into the system where we call a Canadian experience. So that's another thing. Another thing we think about is intercultural training. In Canada, we have a, like a, a kind of diverse environment, and we also want to reflect that in the way we interact with others. So we do the training for them, for them to also understand what it feels like and how to respect people's opinion, even if you have a different opinion, you know. And Apart from that, we also talk about the world link, having activities, going to different areas, 
of uh, attraction in Queens or let's say in Kingston as well. So these are more like uh, transiting into the place and also getting ready for the real thing that will happen for you. And then if you were able to come through the welcome week, you'll see that you have a whole lot more. I didn't mention sure about uh, healthcare because we have a lot of questions about healthcare. You also know what you have if you have UHIP. What a supplementary plan actually mean? Is it important to you? These are the kind of questions we try to answer through the welcome week. And beyond that, it was actually a very good opportunity for people to come together, people making friends. You know, if you have the right friends, sometimes it's gonna make it easier for you to also settle in into Canada, into Queens, into Kingston. So that's it. Wow, so definitely everything from building a sense of community uh, to getting, you know, to feeling like, you know, you, you know where to access things that you might need, services, and preparing, you know, for success as a student and later uh, building a career here in Canada. That's it. That's certainly put, like, uh, if you look at everything we've been talking about here uh, for the past one week, it's basically how do you become successful as a student? How do you take all the skills and experience you're bringing in and then deliver that and also be able to interpret that properly and also get the best out of your experiences when you come to Canada? And for those who are not willing to go back, like they want to stay and settle in Canada, how do you go about that? How do you enjoy all of that? So these are the things we're talking about here today. Um, so so you, were also, you, were, you were a Queen's graduate as well. Tell me about um, which program you studied here. I had the opportunity of studying uh, management innovation and entrepreneurship at the Smith School of Business. It was actually a very good experience for me because uh, it actually makes me reflect on the things I thought that are quite impossible. And I, I was able to uh, be able to build on my skills and my experience over years. And uh, going through Smith School of Business was actually a very, it was like a turning point in my career because my first degree was in pharmacy, so I practiced as a pharmacist. I'd always wanted to pivot my career at some point. I couldn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to go about it. But when I came to Smith School of Business, uh, Management, Innovation, Entrepreneurship, I was able to like transit properly from my past career into the real career I really want to go. And at the same time, use some of the new skills and the old skills out in my new role. So for me, it's more like uh, one of the best experiences in my life, apart from the fact that I got married. <laughs> so it's a very good experience for me. Beautiful, and I think that could also be, you know, partly what brings people to Canada is perhaps they they maybe had a previous degree in another country, but they're coming here and only building on that, right? That's so. correct, absolutely. Like uh, people actually have different degree out there, and they, you find yourself in Canada, you realize that you don't have to be stuck with your old degree. Like back home in Nigeria, you almost get stuck with what you have as your primary degree. But coming back, coming to Canada, you find like, oh, there's a lot more opportunities I can actually explore. There's a lot of skills I can actually have on. There's a lot of knowledge I have in the past that I like to build on. And that's what makes you feel like, yeah, Canada is the right place for me to go to. And that's it. Great. Thanks so much for chatting with me, Josh. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. Joshua Awulsi, an administration at the Queen's University International Center. This is Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and podcasting through Spotify and iTunes. I'm Kareem Mosna, and uh, why don't we hear from some students who have just arrived in Canada? I'm Rohini. How long have you been here in Kingston? So it's been two days actually for me and three days for them. Yeah. Oh wow, and where did, where did you originally come from? From India. Oh wow. Wow, excellent. And, and, and what, what brought you here to Canada to study? 
like uh, the colleges and the courses variety they provide and the flexibility they provide to like during the selection of courses is uh, that is the factor that I really liked about Canadian universities. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And uh, what program are you studying? I'm in art science faculty this year uh, for like I'm aiming to pursue astrophysics. Oh, astrophysics, very cool. Excellent. Um, anyone else um, yeah. want to share? Where, where did you originate? How long have you been in Canada? Like it's been three days. Three days, yeah, okay. Recently only we moved in here. Uh -huh. And we are finding this place and the people are very nice here. And uh, so I chose, in, uh, I'm going to pursue my engineering here. And where did you originally come from? India. Oh, are you all from India? Yeah, yeah. yeah we are together, we are friends. Oh, wow. And um, in, in terms of beyond the school um, and all of that, what else do you hope to, to, to do here in Canada? Uh, beyond school, like it is to meet a lot of people, make friends and enjoy the study life. My name is Konatsu. So I was wondering, um, first of all, where, where did you originally um, come from? I'm from Japan. Wow. Okay, and how long have you been here in Kingston? Oh, so for four months. Oh, great. So you came in the spring. Uh, did you come here to, to, to start a, a program here at Queen's? Yes. Okay. And what program are you in? Uh, School of English. Okay. So for the English program. And uh, so when, when, when you first came um, to Queen's University, to Kingston, what were some of your first impressions? Like, well, how, how, how did you feel coming here? Oh, so, oh, impressions. So I think... Kingston and Queen's University is so beautiful and also uh, there are many kind of people, I think. Excellent. And what was your reason in choosing to come here? This program is so uh, have uh, English only rule, so it is so important to improve my English skill. Excellent. Great. And w what do you hope to, to achieve um, through being here? Uh, I want to we a lot of, have a lot of friends and also mm, so talk to talk with people fluently hmm. and communicate with some Queen's University international students sharing their reasons for choosing to study here at Queen's and uh, what they hope to experience here. What I picked up on is all of them had the desire to make new friends and talk with different people. You are listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. Some audio from what is often referred to as the goal of the century. September 28th, 1972. Were you there for that defining moment in Canadian history? When businesses closed, classes were cancelled as students gathered around the TV in the gymnasium to watch that final game of the 72 Summit Series. 
A new documentary film, Icebreaker, looks at this historic hockey series between Canada and the Soviet Union. The film was co-produced by Robbie Hart and Peter Raymond, examining the series from multiple angles. It premieres today in Perth and will be here in Kingston at the screening room this Friday night at 7.30. I spoke with Robbie Hart to learn more about the making of the film and why he chose to create this documentary. So I understand, you know, as a director, your main focus, uh, having looked at some of the other films you've directed, has been on music, arts, and culture. And I just want to know, uh, why did you choose to create a film about the 72 Summit Series? What was the impetus for this? Well, the, the genesis really uh, begins with this discovery uh, of a book uh, called The Cold War, uh, with the face of Phil Esposito on it, on the cover, and uh, a Soviet hockey player, basically nose-to-nose looking at each other uh, with a big, bold title, Cold War. And the book was, like, abandoned on a street corner in Montreal, um, among a few other books. It was, like, free books for sale type of thing. Uh, Please take me. And so I picked up the book, and I started, like, reading it. Of course, the hockey photo caught me. I am a hockey player, and uh, I I love, uh, you know, the, the Summit Series story, which I knew of. And so I started reading, and it didn't take long for me to realize, perhaps after the second chapter, that even though I thought I knew a lot about the Summit series, uh, I actually knew very little. And, you know, I, I just just got amazed by the, the, the geopolitical story, uh, the historical context that, that begins almost a year and a half before the puck actually drops. And the further I got into the story, the more I read that there was a lot of layers, fascinating protagonists, and a ton of stuff that took place off the ice, as well as on the ice, that, you know, is not aware to the general public, even someone like myself who thought they knew a lot about the Summit series. So that was a big discovery for me. And then, and then following that, as I, as I kept reading the book, I, I, I started sharing this discovery with other people around me, colleagues. I have kids as well who are much younger, and of course I realized that very few people know anything about the Summit Series. Uh, some people know that Paul Henderson scored, that we beat the Russians, that it was dramatic, but I mean, that's it. It doesn't go beyond that. And I was really like perplexed that this incredible, significant chapter of Canadian political sporting history has been... There's a, has been not properly, you know, consumed or shared. Uh, with a younger generation, especially, so I had I had the motivation uh, to to do something about it. And uh, being the documentary filmmaker that I am, uh, these types of stories, when you have the motivation and you have the uh, you know the the calling to do it, you jump on it. And of course, I realized as well this was uh, fall two years ago, fall uh, nineteen, that uh, the 50th anniversary was was coming up. So I had the purpose, the motivation, the timing, and I said, this story has to happen. I'm not sure if who else is going to be doing it, and uh, I dove in. Well, you certainly mentioned there about how um, the importance of making sure the, the, the younger generations who might not have been born at the time are, are aware of this. And I mean, I can certainly say we did not study this in school. Um, so, so talk a bit about you know what it is that you'd like um, people who weren't there at the time to take away f- from your film. Very fine question. Um, 
Well, there, there's three or four things that really jump to mind. And I, I just do want to preface for you that, I mean, I, some of the most recent films I've done are about arts and culture or arts and culture protagonists. But, I mean, I've done a lot of films about human rights and, and international relations and politics. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been producing and directing for 35 years. So there's a, there's a, a long, deep catalog of, of stories. But what unites all of them is that there are fascinating characters uh, that uh, – I get very close to and who I follow through a context. And so that, that's, that's kind of the Adobe trademark in terms of how we make our docs, uh, very personal uh, storylines. Uh, and with, with Icebreaker, you know, the idea was to, to really tell the story um, and share the story from beyond the player's perspective. In other words, what had been done in terms of books and, and previous documentaries most of them made maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, was from the player's perspective. Uh, not that it's not important, but I wanted to tell uh, the untold story uh, and go deeper and beyond the, the story that had been already told. And so many Canadians were impacted by, by 72. So many other Canadians were directly involved. And this also includes the Russians as well, or the Soviets. So you have a lot of different perspectives. And one of them uh, is Gary Smith, who I was introduced to uh, right at the very beginning by uh, Peter Raymond, who became my co-producer, and Roy McGregor. And they, they were the first people I spoke with. Uh, Peter, I contacted because I've known him for a long time. And I said, this is a big subject. Would you like to co-produce with me? Um, I think, you know, this, this, this is more of a team-up type of story. Uh, I could do it on my own, but I think it would be great if we partnered. And he was gung-ho from the, from the start. And uh, Peter introduced me to Roy. And then Roy, in the, in the first Zoom call, said, Robbie, you got to meet Gary Smith, a former Canadian diplomat from Moscow. He's actually writing this book uh, about the untold story behind the scenes of, of, of the diplomatic and political negotiations. So that was right up my alley of, of, of getting, speaking to Gary and realizing that here's this guy uh, who was instrumental in all the networking and uh, diplomacy building and uh, was actually mandated by Trudeau's father to, to you know, foster detente with the Soviets. Remember, it's 1970. We're at the height of the Cold War. There's missiles, you know, pointed uh, in, in both directions. The Berlin Wall is up. There's a lot of tension in the air. And Trudeau's father, Pierre, wants to, um, to, to create detente, rapprochement with the Soviets. And so... He mandates Gary Smith in the, in the embassy to, 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 to find ways. And what emanates from that is use hockey. Uh, and that is the story that builds through the film, right, uh, that, that ends up culminating in probably 18 months of negotiations and finally having the, the summit series take place. So that's one part of the the the, uh, the story that I want audiences to understand. It's not, it wasn't just eight hockey games. Then on another level, even I wouldn't say even more important, but on another important level is is how uh, the Summit Series transformed the game of hockey. You know, seventy two was uh, an icebreaker, and, and it was an icebreaker politically because that's why I've called the film an icebreaker. It, it broke the ice between the East and West, between communists and capitalists, between you know the Soviets and Canada, and, and it was an icebreaker in terms of sports and how it transformed the game itself. Uh, the Russian uh, style of play was very different from the Canadian style of play. Their conditioning, uh, their passing, their puck control, how they play as a five-man unit, all these things which are 
basic ingredients in, in professional hockey today was a discovery for us. Just like they discovered how we play, we discovered how they play. And the big winner from 72 was hockey. So uh, besides who actually won the series, the game of hockey itself was a big, the big winner. And it took hockey to a whole other level. And so that's a second, uh, if you'd like, byproduct of 72 that I want audiences to understand and, and appreciate. And the third one is, is uh, how um, the, the games uh, itself transformed uh, the NHL. The NHL became a, a global league. The Swedes, the Finns, the Czechs, the Slovaks, uh, and other European countries, of course, including all the Russians, uh, came into the NHL uh, between the 70s and 80s. And the NHL went from being a mostly a Canadian league, or a league dominated by Canadian players, to a league, a real international league, the best world league, uh, the best hockey league in the world. So all these things are the legacy of 72, or, or the byproducts of 72, and I think it would be great for audiences in Canada and worldwide to, to appreciate it now that we're highlighting the 50th anniversary. And certainly when you look at the, the social impact of this game, this uh, the final game of that series brought the biggest audience in Canadian TV history. Do you remember where you were that day? Yeah, I know I do. I do know where I was, but I, I wasn't like everybody else. I mean, it's a great scene in the film. That whole game eight um, build-up and drama uh, is, is really beautifully played out in the film. Uh, and uh, there's so many people uh, commenting on where they were. Of course, the classic scene is, you know, kids crowded into um, uh, school auditoriums, gyms, uh, and, uh, you know, a small TV set up, put up in the middle for everybody to watch. You know, businesses were closed. Uh, the country came to a grinding halt on September 28th, uh, 1972. I mean, it, it was and still is the, the single most watched television broadcast in, in Canadian history. 16 million Canadians were, were tuned in and on TV. How many others were, were listening on radio is, is still a mystery. But the whole nation was, was glued to, to this Game 8. And you're asking me personally, actually, I wasn't living in Canada in 72. I, I was living in South Florida, and I was aware of it. But I was not, um, I was not one of those kids. In, in a, I was 12 years old, and I would have been one of those kids in grade 6 uh, in the high school gym. But it wasn't, my, it wasn't my story. But it's beautifully told in the film. It's very dramatic. Uh, build up uh, the game itself on the ice is is, is an unbelievable uh, story. I mean, from from the first, in fact, from the week, the the, the forty eight hours before the game, they couldn't decide on the rest, and the drama just kept going right up into the third period. And of course, the, the drama being behind five three and coming back to win six five with thirty four seconds left, and Paul Henderson scoring the uh, you know the iconic goal. So there's a lot that goes into that game eight. Uh, game one as well is is completely uh, a, a drama uh, in Montreal. Um, that's on September the second, where the first game was played. You have to realize the Summit Series it wasn't just like one game; it was eight games played out over 27 days. So the nation uh, and and people in the Soviet Union and in Canada were captivated not just for like a few days, but for a month, and uh, it was this build up too. It just got bigger and bigger and bigger, like a like a snowball rolling down a mountain. I mean it just picked up a lot of uh, a lot of attention and uh it culminates on September twenty eighth, nineteen seventy two. 
Now, the film's this film's release, Icebreaker, uh, ties directly into the 50th anniversary, as it was through the month of September uh, that this series w- was going on. And I understand you will be here in Kingston next Friday night. Anything you, you'd like people to uh, sort of be aware of c- c- coming into the to see this film? Well, we're looking forward to the screening uh, in Kingston. Uh, it's the screening room where I have never uh, actually presented a film, so we're very uh, excited about that. And uh, the world premiere is in a neighboring town called Perth on the 6th and the 7th. There's three screenings in Perth. And uh, so we'll be very uh, motivated to, to, to share with the uh, Kingston uh, audience. And uh, I will be uh, joined by Gary Smith, who is the award-winning, uh, I should say award-winning, best-selling author of his book, which has been released since May, The Ice War Diplomat. And both Gary uh, and I will be there for the screening, and we look forward to the Q&A following the screening. And Gary will actually be in the lobby to sign um, uh, copies of his book for those who are interested, and uh, I'm there as well to to discuss, uh, you know, beyond uh, just the screening and to meet people personally. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, a very, it's a very powerful and riveting and thrilling and entertaining story. Uh, And I know that because I mean, I've gotten a lot of response from media and from film festivals already who have seen it. And, uh, you know, my inner group, which has uh, reviewed the film. So we're looking forward to sharing it with Canadians and uh, to taking uh, this story across the country. And of course, there'll be some some familiar faces uh, within the film, as I see uh, Ron McLean, Margaret Trudeau, and uh, Wayne Gretzky, among others, are, are all uh, will all be, be sharing uh, stories. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, as I was as I was explaining earlier, you know, I really wanted to tell this story from from other people's perspectives who were all directly impacted. Wayne Gretzky is is, is his role in the film is very big. He was twelve years old, and I wanted somebody who was my age. Uh, who's a hockey player? I mean, a legendary hockey player, and I uh, to to tell me his perspective. Of course, he actually played against the Soviets later on in the Canada Cups, and uh, who better to talk about hockey than Wayne Gretzky? And so I was really uh, charmed and thrilled with the opportunity to sit down with him for over an hour and to talk about it. And there's a, there's a, some magnificent uh, revelations that he brings to to, to the film. Uh, Margaret Trudeau of course, went to Moscow with Pierre on the historic trip in 71, which was part of the whole detente uh, initiative, right? Uh, and was there with Gary Smith. And that, that was one of the, he was the first Canadian prime minister uh, to to uh, to go to the Soviet Union. So Margaret has uh, vivid memories of that trip and the importance of that trip. So she plays uh, a smaller role in the film, of course, but uh, an interesting one, you know. And Ron McLean, of course, I mean, he too was 12 years old, but I mean, he he's such a poet and, you know, such a uh, an incredible speaker and talker and he has a whole other level of seeing things. So he, his his vision of in the film, his role in the film is quite is quite evocative, very poetic, and uh, you know the film is also about the things that unite us, uh, meaning Canada and the Soviet Union, Canada and Russia. We uh, we share the same geography, you know, we share the same winters, uh, we have this relationship to the ice uh, and to and to skating and to hockey. So I try to br- create a lot of that metaphor in the film. Uh, and Ron uh, plays a big role in that. Excellent. Well, Robbie, thank you very much for joining me today, and uh, certainly looking forward to to seeing your film. 
That's my conversation with documentary film director Robbie Hart talking about the film Icebreaker, co-produced by Hart and Peter Raymond. It premieres tonight in Perth and will be here in Kingston this Friday night at the Screening Room at 7.30. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna.